to the Row by Row Garden Show, the best dadgum garden show on the radio and the internet. Glad to have you this evening, and look in, we got a special guest with us. We got Mr. Andrew Samples here from NatureSafe. Andrew is the regional sales rep for, uh, when I say regional, that means covers a large area. Yeah. For, uh, for NatureSafe, and I'm assuming NatureSafe is one of the largest, if not the largest, organic fertilizer companies? We're one of them for sure. Um, what we, we, we're the largest recycling company okay. actually. Okay. Um, what we do is we take various inedible animal materials. Right. <clears throat> so when they process cows, pigs, things like that, we take those materials and recycle them. Things that would typically okay. go into a landfill. Right. Um, or either some other kind of waste stream and we capture that. Makes that good organic fertilizer. That's right. And uh, it's very similar to cooking bacon. You put a piece of bacon in the pan, Yep. The oils come out, right. and so what we do is we separate the proteins from the right. oils. Right, cool. And you right. come from the big city of Thomasville. I do. Yep. Right, right down Thomasville, the road from Georgia. You. Yep, that's right. And uh, a gardener also. So that's you right. Like, you like the vegetable garden. You yep. stop by quite a bit, and we always talk gardening, like to catch up, and yeah, and uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Yep. Uh, you live right north of Thomasville. Is that right? Yep, right out of town. Okay. right north of Thomasville. And the interesting thing is that you used to work for a company before NatureSafe. You worked for the company that produced the Chilean nitrate that's that right. we sell. Yeah, so I've been in that organic market for a while. Um, and the Chilean nitrate is a little bit different process. That's actually a mined product. Right. Um, with Chilean nitrate, what they do is they basically blow up the crust of the earth, scoop it into a pile, and, and leach out the salts. Wow. Um, and then they prill it, <clears throat> and that's a Omri product, organic product. Yeah. Um, the, what's unique about the sodium nitrate is that it's all nitrate. Right. Um, so it's a very important tool in the toolkit, just like the meat and bone mill, feather mills, things like that. As I say, that chili nitrate, it, boom, that's right. it's there. So uh, that's some good stuff. We, uh, we're going to cover a little bit of that in our main segment there. We're going to get pretty deep in some organic fertilizer because, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about organics in general. That's right. Uh, and the garden update for this week, I have noticed my bugs are a little worse than normal. I had to spray my corn for a corn earworm, and it's almost, it's a little more than knee high. So I noticed the bug pressure seems to be a little more problematic than it has been in the past this mm -hmm. time of year. So I'm kind of gearing up. I don't know if other people are seeing that or not. Plus, we've had a lot of cool nights, so we've got an unusual year. Yeah. But uh, the bug problem seems to be getting off to a rough start. So. I'd encourage everybody to keep a close eye on your garden, especially the corn, because you want to control those corn earworms when your plants are small, because you don't want to be battling when your plants are big and they're eating on your corn, because the last thing you want is a corn, a worm eating on your corn. You want right. to eat your corn. So uh, we got that going on, and look here, we got sunflowers in the house. Look here, Very sunflowers nice. and zinnias. Now all of these sunflowers right here, Miss Hall uh, cut for us, and these are all our mini sunflowers, the different varieties there. And then it's, uh, I think there's some of the mini zinnias in there. I know a couple of them are not, but those are nice. We're really fond of these mini sunflowers this year. They're doing really good. What are those with the kind of the lighter color? Yeah, I knew you was going to ask me that. That one right there? Yeah. I see the sunlight or sunlight, I believe. I'm not, don't hold me to that. She asked me this morning if she wanted me to... Uh, the label on I said, no, there's no need in that. But anyhow, they are our dwarfs. Yeah. They're dwarfs. So they, not only are they dwarf in size, but they dwarf in bloom size, too. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
corny joke of the week. We always like to do a corny joke of the week, and I got one here for you. Okay. And I have not shared it with you, have No, you? yeah, yeah. Okay, why did the melons get married? It's a tough one, isn't it? It is a tough one. Why, excuse me, why didn't the melons get married? It's didn't. Why um, didn't the melons get married? Because they can't elope, cantaloupe. <laughs> Because they can't elope. Because they can't <laughs> Feel free like y'all to use our corny jokes this yeah. week out there. So let's move on into, get everything straightened up here. Talking about organics. Organics is one of those passionate subjects that you know. <clears throat> you've ever been around anybody that, on forums or our Row by Row group, anywhere that people talk about organics, they get extremely passionate about it. And sometimes the passion overruns the facts of the matter is because there's so much misinformation out there about organics. And we're going to attempt to address some of that this week. So organics in general, when, you, when somebody says organics, what's one of the first things you think of? Well, it's going to cost you more if you go to the grocery store. You know, you're going to pay a premium for anything that pays organics. But you get this feeling inside that you're doing the best thing that, that is healthier for you. Maybe it's better for the environment. You get all those feelings in there because these big companies have done such a great job marketing the term organic that they mm. instill those feelings into us when we see or hear those words. We, you know, we just feel better about buying organics, even if they cost a little bit more because we feel like we're doing the right thing. And there is some truth to some of that, but there is some misinformation out there too. Sure. For people, organic gardening is kind of a whole different situation. Organic gardening is what most people want to achieve, it's what most people want to do, and for good reason. But there is some situations out there that are different or similar to when you're fertilizing or growing what we call conventionally. When mm -hmm. we say conventionally, we're talking about with synthetic fertilizers. So organic gardening, fertility is what we're going to try to touch on today. Maybe <clears throat> explain some of that to you so you get a better understanding off of it. And let's first of all, let's, let's always say this. You know, I don't care what you're using. There's always some type of trade-off. That's right. Whether it's organic or synthetic. Or that. Mm -hmm. and, but to understand what you're trading off, you can sense, use it more productively. That's right. If you understand what the downfalls of those are and you can counteract, counteract that, <clears throat> then you can be more successful using these right. procedures or these products. So that's what we want to dig into. Now... One of the biggest things about organic fertilizer is you want to plan ahead. And we're talking That's about right. organic garden, is you want to plan ahead. So <clears throat> with some of the products that you talked about a while ago, such as bone meal, manures, or any of these things, they need to be broken down more so than a synthetic fertilizer, and there's an exception to that, and that's the Chilean nitrate. But they need to be broken down before they're available to the plant beforehand. Now, what I normally do is, is about two weeks before I get ready to plant, I incorporate them into the soil mm -hmm. and start the soil, start activating them and working them so they're releasing by the time I plant. Now, let's talk about five of the main sources of organic fertilizers. And the number one would be manures. Mm -hmm. Now, we have a lot of uh, chicken manure. I think we got one here that we sell. This is the original fertilizer. This is the original the fertilizer. Original manure. Yep. That's that's you know, years back and years in, and years. The homesteaders back in the day, that's yeah. all they had. That's right. Yep. So this is a pelletized chicken manure that we sell, and it is a it's a good one, but there again, same thing. You've got to understand how to use it, and I always recommend a couple weeks ahead of time, 
incorporate this into the soil, let it start breaking down, and then you can come back mm -hmm. and side dress after that. Mm -hmm. Now, you've got chicken manure, which is what this is, mm -hmm. and you've got different other kind of manures. And you know one of the highest nitrogen manures is bat guano. Mm -hmm. We got a product here that's fishing uh, bat guano, which is a 962, which is unusual to have a nitrogen fertilizer that high. That's right, it's pretty high analysis. So a 962, and this same thing, it breaks down a little bit slow, but it works, it's a great product there. On, in general, bat guano is higher nitrogen than any of the, the manures out there. And then when you get down to horse, cow, manure, then they start dropping off in the, mm -hmm. the amount of nitrogen. Now, then there's a, another type of manure and it's called sewer sludge. And if you're familiar with a product that's uh, made up north, it's called mill organite. That's right. You've used, some of, that? Yeah. You've used some of that in your time. Yeah, I've definitely sold some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Golf courses yep. love that one. Yeah. Um, yep. And it's a good, it's sewer it sludge, it's a good, but you do not want to use it in a vegetable garden. Right. Yeah. So, so one of the things that we'll discuss today is with with organic fertilization you do have you're limited in what you can use um, but but we just wanted to go through these different tools that we have in our, in our toolkit for the farmer to make sure that they understand or the homesteader gardener, gardener yeah that they understand how these products work when they can apply it to to use it in a responsible way and most efficient way right so yeah. the mill organized sewer sludge is just a no-no you can use it in your landscape you can use it on your lawn mm -hmm. but sure. you don't want to use it in your vegetable garden because of high metal contents or mm -hmm. other contaminants in there so that's another no. but any of the other manures are pretty much okay to use uh, the next one and i'll let you expand on this because you've already touched on some is mined minerals mm -hmm. which is another source of organic fertilizers that's right and uh, there's, a, there's a few mine materials that are OMRI listed. Um, we, we touched on sodium nitrate. Chilean nitrate. Sodium Chilean nitrate, nitrate yeah. bulldog soda. There's a few different names right. for it. Um, it's a fertilizer that's been used for well over 100 years. One of the first commercially sold And you actually fertilizer. visited Chile where they actually manufactured that's, this. That's right. Yep. And um, pretty, pretty interesting where they mine this material is the driest desert in the world in the Atacama Desert. Um, and what they do is surface mine it and then essentially run water over it and leach out those salts. This is a salt-based material, um, which is very different than some of these other organic materials. Um, it's very unique in, in that sense. Um, it's all nitrate, so it's mm -hmm. all, when you apply it, it's, it's gonna go into solution and the plant's gonna either use it or, or lose it. I mean, it, right. you can actually right. leach it out as well. Um, but uh, there in the Atacama Desert where is, is where they produce that material. And this is a great product for cool weather organic for it uh, is fertility. early spring early spring when you have trouble with these others converting over that's right you can always get your nitrogen with the chilean nitrate as we've we've harped on this over and over again but it being a salt-based fertilizer you want to be careful and limit how much you use that part of the plant we that's normally right. recommend a third so yep. never let it be a third more that's right of your fertilizer requirements for yep. that particular plant is that pretty much that's right well um if you're an omri certified grower and you have a farm, you're supposed to only use 20% of the total nitrogen that you put in over the course of a season. Right. Um, you can put more, but you have to get your certifier. That's to, per crop, correct? That's per that's per crop. Okay. Right. Um, so you couldn't use 100% on one crop and then none on the other. Right, right, Say, well, it's right, 20. Right. Um, one thing is it does have sodium in it, so mm -hmm. you, you'll want to limit that. Uh, make sure that over time you can leach that sodium out of your soil 
why you're able to get those nitrates. So again, you have to learn how to use these products responsibly. Right. Yeah. Just because it's got Omni, Omni on there doesn't necessarily mean you can use it any way or form or fashion. That's right. Be safe. That's they right. are some responsible you have to take with. Another product, men, uh, mineral, is uh, green sand. Mm -hmm. uh, green sand, I believe, is a good source of, uh, is it phosphorus? There's, there's a little bit of potassium in it, potassium, and then there's, okay. there's some trace elements in Minerals, there. And I, think, yep. I think most of the value, and I've never used green sand, to be honest with you, but um, I think that's one of the main right things with green sand. Rock phosphates, and these mm -hmm. hard rock and soft rock phosphates, and that that, uh, that helps you with your phosphorus, which is your middle number in there right. on your fertilizer. So that's another one that, you, that is a mine product that you can use. Mm -hmm. Those green sand and the rock phosphates take a little time for them to be broke down. Yeah. So what you really need to do is you need to do your soil sample, know where you're at on those, know how much to apply way in advance so they can break down and be available to that plant. That's right. So rock phosphate is a I believe it's a zero, twenty, zero, mm -hmm. somewhere around there. Of that, only about 4% of that phosphate is available when you apply it. And then over time, that has to break, that has to break down in the soil. And we're talking about over time, we're talking about we're years. Talking, it could you be know, decades, years. honestly, with right. phosphate. So basically what you're so. doing when you apply that is you're trying to remineralize right. your soils. Yeah. That's a tough word, remineralize. For some people, yeah. it can yeah. be. <laughs> so, uh, that's another one. All right, so let's get into your specialty, animal byproducts. Yeah, so so the company I work for now, Nature Safe, we, we do feather mills, meat and bone mills. Um, and essentially, you know, like I'd mentioned it, we, we're basically a recycler and I'm just in this one little division that's in the fertilizer division. Um, if we didn't sell anything into the fertilizer market, we, this would all go to animal feeds. Um, so, our, so our product is essentially a concentrated animal feed, protein-based. So with the sodium nitrate, you have a salt-based product. Mm -hmm. With the product, like the NatureSafe products, these are protein-based products. Um, which, in, in, again, like I said, you know, you need to understand the, the tools that you have in your toolkit available to you. Right. Um, and it's used very similar to how you were talking about the chicken manure. When you, you, know, you incorporate yeah. it into the soil, it really jump-starts microbial activity. So Instead of using our materials for animal feeds, it's actually kind of still being used as animal feeds, just feeding microbes. So this is so. one of your signature products right here, and it's a pelletized product. That's right, and it looks a little like, kind of like your layer pellets. It does. If you have chickens. Um, and that's our 855, I believe. Is it what, is. What that is. So that has a meat meal, bone mm -hmm. meal, feather meal. And a little bit of SOP in it, okay. sulfate of potash, which is... Okay. Again, another mined organic material. Um, and that's just to kick up that potassium a bit. Um, so meat mill, meat and bone mill is a 961. Okay. So what we did there was added some SOP to, to kick the potassium up. Uh -huh. um, and this also has some calcium in it as well. Okay, and the blood meal. The blood meal ups your nitrogen a little bit. Yeah. So I've, I'm assuming, you can correct me here, I'm assuming the thought process with developing this product here <clears throat> is you've got a fairly balanced release of nitrogens out there because right. each one of them's got a little different chain there where they release mm -hmm. on. Blood being the primary that's going to give you the quickest, right? Blood meal is the, the yeah, first and the, one. It, well, they all <clears throat> will sort of release a little bit in the front. But basically what's, what's great about this product is it has a predictable release curve, um, which is the problem with some organic fertilizers. Um, they can have some inconsistent releases. And what does that releases. curve look like? It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's slower and, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's a complete bell curve, but it's similar to, 
to that. And where would it peak at? And it's, you're going to basically, use, depending on where you are in the, in the country, your soil types and various things like that, um, it'll release in about eight to 12 weeks. Okay. So if you apply it really early in the spring and you go ahead and get it incorporated in, you're going to get about three months, about 12 weeks with that material. And all of that is according to temperature, soil temperature, micro, right. uh, how much microbes you got in your mm -hmm. soil that's feeding. Uh, has a lot of moisture. Moisture. It has a lot to do with all that, but that's just kind of a general rule there. Yeah, that's that's pretty general rule with any fertilizer. Right. And in cold weather, it has its problems breaking down compared to what it does in summertime. Right. 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 Yeah, I mean, in, in the in the cold, the good thing about this product is it's not going anywhere. You put it in there, it will be used up by the soil. It's not in a form that that leaches, and, you know, as long as you incorporate it in the soil, you're right. not going to get it run off or anything like that. Right. So the value... With a product like that, you always get the value of what you put down. Yeah, so a lot so. of people I've seen actually recommend you apply that in the fall of the year. If you're going to plant early spring, you can apply you some. Of these, can, you can yeah. apply some of these like late in the fall, and just let it sit there and work in the soil. When you plant in the springtime, mm. boom, it's there. Yep. So another one that y'all got that I'm excited about is this baby right here. Now yep. this is a very, this is a very dusty or fine. I'm going to say fine product right there. We're working with both of these products, doing some testing to see where we can use them at. Uh, actually, I used some of that this here this morning. I, uh, I'm doing a test plot with this right here to see how it does in our garden. And also we're working with this product right here. Now talk about this one a minute, because this one to me, I think it's gonna fill mm -hmm. a, a huge niche out there in the market. Yeah, Have you? did you try using that I, yet? We've tried it in a watering can. We've not injected okay. or tried it out in the garden yet. Okay. Um, so this is the product that Greg's holding here is, is the Nature Safe 777, and it's based on corn steep liquor, which is um, a byproduct in the wet milling process when they mill corn. Um, it's used, again, uh, as animal feeds, um, primarily uh, as used for feeds for, for animals. Mm -hmm. um, but very similar to those products, it's high protein based, plant-based. Plant this is a plant-based product. Um, so a little bit different. It doesn't have the slow release characteristics that the meat and bone mills do. This one's more up front. Um, and for an organic fertilizer, a 777 is extremely high concentration yeah. um, for an organic And for material. it to be quick and, and, and for and it a to be quick. formulation, we think that there's something to this product yeah. right here. It's really going to be fun for us to test and see how it goes. Now, you said you've run this through our injector before. I have, through your So injector. it is in your opinion, pretty much water-soluble. Yeah, a um, little bit of, you know, I, I typically would go wash the filter out, but right. I mean, no, I wouldn't even call it clogged, just a little, you know, we, we talked about trade-offs earlier, yeah. and, uh, and you have that 20-20-20 that you sell. Um, the trade-off between the 20-20-20 and this 777 is that, you know, this 20-20-20 is all high-grade materials that have been refined. Um, you know, it's not organic, so they, they've got a lot more processes that they can do that, a lot more additives, anti-caking agents, things like that they can add. Right. Um, with this, we, don't, we can't add things like that. Um, so there's a little bit of difference, but but I was actually very surprised when I ran it through your injector how, how well it did and how easy it was right. to use. Right, so I'm excited about that one right there. We'll see what we got. We got if you were to smell that, and to smell that bat, the guano and fish the stuff, man, yeah, the difference yeah, in the smell, yeah, yeah. this almost smells sweet. Yeah. Um, it, it, it kind of is the consistency of sugar. Yeah, it's kind of the consistency of cocoa mix. Right. 
And it also kind of has a little bit of that, reminds me of that smell a little bit yeah. too. You feel good about this one where the fish, yeah, you, yeah. you feel like you need to go take a shower after you use the fish you go <laughs> That's on That's right. But this right here, you feel good about, you wash your hands going. It being plant-based, it is a cleaner, That's more right. pleasant product to use. Let's just put it that yeah, way. For sure. Than some of the others. All right. And, uh, you know, compost and worm castings. I, I grouped this one in there also because a lot of people, <clears throat> although good compost has very small amounts of fertility or nutrients in it, we put it out in such large quantities that we get a bang from it. Mm -hmm. And then worm castings the same way. You know, if you measure the, the nutrient level in worm castings, it's not a whole lot, but you put it out there and you just see a lot of magic happen with those. That's right. Now, I'll be honest with you, I've used worm castings a lot. I don't really understand it. But it and compost almost works magic on some plants sometimes. Mm -hmm. It may not show on paper that they got the nutrient load that you think it does, but man, it's that carbon, it's those microbes in there that breaks things down that just really make plants look good. That's right. The problem with them is you have to use them in such large quantities. A lot of people don't have access to good compost. That's right. So yep. compost can be a problem. However, I always tell people if you got access to good quality compost, you got to do it. Right, you yeah. Get, you just got. You're lucky it. if you have access to really good but, compost. But, but you got to yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, plant-based. Now, there's a lot of plant-based mm -hmm. organic uh, fertilizers out there. Uh, Cottonseed meal. Uh, let's see what else. There and are. you can throw that seven 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 in there in the plant-based as well. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah, I get. I, I didn't put it in there, but I guess you could. So you got cottonseed meal. You got uh, a soybean meal, meal. Alfalfa meal. Now these normally are on the smaller end of the range as far, except for soybean meal. Most of these are like a three-two-three three or something mm -hmm. like that when you analysis. However, your soybean meal, it being a legume, is going to bump up there to somewhere around 13%. So you can actually buy a 50-pound bag of soybean meal at 13% nitrogen. And of my opinion, of all the plant-based, not, not including this one because we don't really know how that one's going to react yet, but I'm talking about cottonseed meal, um, and alfalfa meal and soybean meal, soybean meal be the fastest acting of the of the three. Okay. But here's the problem. Two hundred and seventy nine dollars for a fifty pound Oof. bag. So it's nearly it's not affordable yeah. to be able to use that for okay, most right. people. So right. it, it although it being a good source here, there again we got that trade off of it costs sure. so much most people cannot use that particular product. So uh, we have each one of those right there. I think we covered them all as far as I can tell of how they break so. down and, and how they are available to the plant. Certain things, let, let's just touch on a crop like corn. If you was going to grow a <clears throat> organic crop of corn, mm -hmm. this might be a fertilizer program you could have. So you incorporate something like your, what do we call the analysis on this? This Eight, is an 855. 855. You could incorporate this at what? Pound and a half, two pound per thousand. No, it would be 12 and a half. It'd 12, be, you could yeah. go up probably high as 20 pound yeah, per thousand you could. on pre-plant. Mm -hmm. Then at planting, you could come in there and um, once it comes up, you could apply, you, you could side dress or inject your Chilean nitrate. Mm -hmm. Then you could come back with something like this right here, this balance 777. That's right. And then you could alternate back some of the Chilean nitrate to get all your nitrogen. And... With this and this product here, you could probably make a pretty decent organic corn crop. Yeah, that'd be a pretty good way to do it. We also have a feather mill, just, just feather mill based, and it's a 1300. Wow. So, and that would want to be pre-plant as well because most of those meat and bone mill, feather mill products, like I said, they have an 8 to 12 week release curve. 
And about the time that corn gets to where it needs all that nitrogen is, is, is when that material is going to start releasing. So that would so it's a good, you, it's a good option you, to yeah, keep you up all the way through there. That's a good point. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if I had to give a recommendation on, on when to use these types of materials and the sodium nitrate, if your corn's getting yellow and you need, you need nitrogen, that's when you use the sodium nitrate. Right. And it certainly has a place. Right. Um, which and goes, I always tell people in the fast. corn, if you're not burning the tips of your corn, you're not got enough there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so corn, you want it nice and green. If your corn's mm -hmm. not, it's the same thing with tomatoes and your nightshades, they're heavy feeders that's as right. well. If they're not nice and green, you need to punch something to them. You need to do it yeah. quick. Because what happens is, it's just like we are, when we're not well fed or we don't have plenty of nutrients, that's when diseases and insect mm -hmm. problems jump on. I ain't gonna say insect problems jump on us, but they jump on the plant. When that plant becomes weakened is when it's more susceptible to those diseases and insect issues to happen there. So if you keep your plants healthy, that's a good way to not have as much as those other problems. Yep. Well, I got a little something I want you to try. Uh-oh. Yep. So I want you to see here at these yellow canaries. We grew these in the garden. This is the first year. We did a show on them last week. I think we talked about these in another one called the Rosie Finch. But that's just absolutely that's a nice. wonderful plant. And I brought you one. I like that size them. too. Yeah. So we'll try these right here and give this a flavor profile on them. The yellow seems to have a little tart to it, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It's a great patio tomato or snacking tomato, salad tomato, or all that. Nice and fresh. That's a nice, fresh, citrusy kind of taste to it. Now, I got something a little different for you. Okay. These are some that I grew, and these are chocolate cherry tomatoes. And these come off a plant that I actually overwintered. I had it in a five-gallon bucket, and I'd bring it in when it was cold. Really? Bring it out. So it's producing a little bit, but I have noticed it's producing a little bit smaller tomatoes than it did last year. But uh, as long as it's still putting some out, I'm okay with it. Wow. Have you ever noticed the more unique dark color into them the more like salty profound the mm -hmm. flavor is on them that is those awesome. are similar to little they almost taste to me like cherokee purples they're just a little tiny a little good little salad tomatoes. man you can just eat your bowl for uh. them <laughs> my chicken loves these too boat snack yeah he, he'll tear you got those chickens mm -hmm. you name me chickens most of them they have to kind of yeah. earn a name oh really yeah we, we got, got two new ones blue and blue too okay yeah blue and blue too both of them's blue yeah, yeah, we've, mm. got, we've got 10 of them total now. Wow. They're not all laying, but we've got 10 yeah. right now. You regular homesteader. Got your garden, got your chickens. Got a garden, we got the chickens. Uh, went and bought some hog panels the other day. Going to probably get a couple little piggies here soon. Yep. So. Well, I hope we've helped some people Absolutely. with the organic garden today maybe understand it just a little bit better. Yep. And you know, as passionate as we can all be about organics, Let's just back up sometime and look at the facts of it. That's and right. what that does, it helps take the emotion out of it and helps us to understand it more and to be more, be better at gardening and understand it. We can, we could be more successful. That's right. And you, I think you hit the nail on the head. You, start, you talked about planning. If you, as long as you plan and you understand your crop needs, um, what that crop is going to actually remove from the soil, you need to make sure that's there, especially if you're doing organic and this regenerative where you're trying to keep build these soils instead of constantly depleting them. Right. Um, and these are all good tools to help, to help you rebuild your soil. Yep. All right. Well, good deal. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Use these tools, get out there and be successful and grow your own food. Now it is time to get out there and get dirty. <laughs>